it's just so tight. <laughs> we are hosts. That's true. What do we even talk about? Super professional. It's a bop. It's a jam. Technical difficulties galore. It was me. It's insane. <laughs> I thought they were dead. I thought I didn't think they were going to come back. Welcome to Smells Burnt. I'm Chris. Hello. I'm Ollie. And we're your hosts. <laughs> we are hosts. That's true. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. Pardon my voice. I've been sick. But we thought, hey, why don't we just record this for posterity? And for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope everyone knows that this is like the fifth time we've restarted the beginning of this podcast. So oh, yeah, it's, it's been great. <laughs> Technical difficulties galore. We're doing awesome. <laughs> but yeah, it's been long enough that I don't even remember what we do in this podcast. What do we even talk about? Well... There's like news that to keep things topical, I guess. This past week, as of recording, was the February 2023 Nintendo Direct, which was a banger. It was a. It was probably one of the best directs I've watched. Yeah, seriously. They had a new trailer for Tears of the Kingdom, which is the Zelda game coming out. See, I was hoping you'd talk about Professor Layton first because, holy cow! Now I haven't played the Professor Layton games. I haven't either, but. I thought they were dead. I thought I didn't think they were going to come back. It's really exciting. It's exciting that they announced it. Yeah. There were a lot of games that were announced that, while not necessarily like my cup of tea, I definitely got like the importance of the fact that they were announced, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like Pikmin 4, like I liked Pikmin, but I haven't really been keeping up with it. I know that's a big deal. Yeah. Right? I'm like super happy for Pikmin fans. Samba de Amigo? So exciting. Like, can you believe it? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Again, another game in the series that's like, oh, wow, they're actually making games for this. Still. They're actually making another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But And then they had like Splatoon 3 DLC that everyone was pretty pumped for. Like, they think the art yep. style is really cool. Yep. They like sh- basically shadow dropped Metroid Prime Remaster. Oh, which was crazy. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited for that. I'm a little sad that they didn't just do the whole trilogy. But oh, yeah. I can also understand that they want to get more money from it if they remastered all of them. Well, from what it looks like, like I'm waiting to get it physical, so I haven't played it yet. But like, it looks really good. It looks really good. It's like from the ground up, redoing all of the models, all of the textures, all of the lighting, all of the audio. Like, it sounds incredible. So I'm not surprised that it took so long that they couldn't do the whole trilogy. Yeah, but. and like. I assume part of it too was like getting prepared. A lot of probably a lot of the work is also able to be carried over into Metroid Prime 4. Possibly, yeah. From what it sounds like, the engine is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was done by Retro Studios again. Yeah. But because Retro is focusing on Metroid 4, Metroid Prime 4, they had to bring in a lot of extra help. And that might be also why they weren't able to do the trilogy because they just had too much stuff going on. And so I've always wanted to play through Prime. Have you not done that? The trilogy. No, I've probably played maybe Chris. half an hour. Chris. I know. I know. It's a, I'm, it's a failure of mine, right? We should put it on the spinner. We should put it on the spinner. On the spinner? I mean, I've been eyeing the Metroid Prime trilogy on the Wii U eShop for $20. You've got like a week to do that. I know. I, it's just so hard to decide. I mean, just get it. Or, or just like, get it. My... Or just get it for 40 bucks. On a on a system that you can play on the in the on the couch, true, head, true. On the but screen. I'm also like playing through so many other. Oh man, it, it's just such a hard. Yeah, I don't know. Budget everything. Anyway, yeah. 
I still haven't tried out the Sea of Stars demo, which I'm excited for. Sea of Stars? Yeah, it's like an indie game. Yeah, I saw the preview for that. I forgot about it. Yeah, I'm, I am I want to try out the demo. I'm really excited for it. It looks really good. And Octopath Traveler 2 also caught my eye. Oh, yeah. Baller. Like, at least from the gameplay that I played of the first game, I wasn't, like, super impressed by it. But, like, the graphics are amazing. I I like the first game. Um, I still need to beat it. It's something that I wish I had finished while I was playing it. Sure. But I'm probably just over halfway through. Yeah. I just need to pick it back up again. Yeah. Have you heard of like Chained Echoes? I think that's the name of the title. It's another indie game that's kind of similar. Yeah, I did hear that recently. I mean, it's similar kind of like JRPG, Super Nintendo style. Retro inspired. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently that's really good. And I think I put it on my wish list for Steam. Yeah. As well. So I'd like to look into that at some point. Yeah. And then on top of all of that, Game Boy games and Game Boy Advance games. Dude, that was so amazing. I mean, we've been want like a lot of people have been wanting that for a very long time. And so it's not necessarily a surprise, but like the quality of the work that they've done for like making the emulators, especially like the graphics, like the um yeah. visuals and stuff is really impressive. In my opinion. And there's nothing like beating your friend down in Tetris. Oh my gosh. Let's not get into that. <laughs> okay, so Chris and I so Chris and I were like, okay, let's try let's try some multiplayer. Of course, the only two games that are multiplayer for Game Boy are one game in Game of Watch Gallery 3, which you have to unlock. Yeah. I don't even know how. <laughs> and Tetris, the OG. So we played some rounds of Tetris and like it was actually pretty impressive how like neck and neck and where we were neck and neck like tetrising at the same time like multiple times yeah and like it's like best of seven first to four right yeah and i think both games we were both on three points before someone won yeah it was impressive yeah. it was awesome i had lots of fun doing that and it's just a matter of like who got the tetris in first yeah yeah i mean like sometimes though it was like my blocks would go down and immediately back up like we got it the yeah. same and i yeah, watched yeah. the bar of what your stuff was and it like went down and up as well yeah yeah like, yeah yeah dang it's funny but yeah so we're excited for those games pretty baller yeah i've been playing a little yeah. bit of wario land 3 which is i've never played wario land before and that's actually been pretty fun oh yeah i'm they will be added to the randomizer since they we all have easy access to them so i'm pumped I've been playing through Link's Awakening. I just opened the fourth dungeon. I still need to go into it, though. Excellent. So. But today we are here not to talk of Nintendo Directs, but to talk of... Mighty Bomb Jack. Ikaruga is what I was going to say. I was thinking we could talk about Ikaruga first. <laughs> no, let's get, let's, get, let's get Mighty Bomb Jack out of the way first. <laughs> I guess we did roll up first. So we've decided that when we have... As our listeners who listened last week... We rolled Mighty Bomb Jack, and we're like, wow, this is going to take like five minutes. So then we rolled again and did Ikaruga. So we're going to get a two-part episode, Mighty Bomb Jack and Ikaruga. We're kind of, because Mighty Bomb Jack is... Completely different games. Totally different. Like, pretty much not related at all. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool to get, you know, a double header so that we could sure. like, you know? Especially if like some of the games are smaller or like there's not as much to talk about. We can maybe yeah, like yeah. get a little bit more content. So we're kind of going to do this like a little bit faster. In the United States, Mighty Bomb Jack was released in July of 1987 on the NES. It is a sequel to an arcade game called Bomb Jack, which is a really weird name. Um, but we played it on the Nintendo Switch Online. Um, it's been re-released on multiple consoles, most notably the Game Boy. 
and the Commodore 64. Huh. How about that? That's interesting. So it's a fairly, like, simple game. Ollie, what were your initial impressions on Mighty Bomb Jack when you beat it? Well, I know what your initial ones were like, hey, let's re-roll for Ikaruga. <laughs> but, like, after that, what were you, when you actually started playing, what were your initial impressions? Well, this is a game that I think you need to have an instruction manual for. The So Nintendo Switch Online has a little guide that you can open up. And it's basically like a plot summary. And seeing as this is an arcade game, like, why do I care about the plot? But there's no yeah. instructions about, like, how the game works. Yeah. Also, there was a, this interesting comment about some torture room. And I'm like, is this a game for kids? <laughs> but then I loaded up the game, and you're, like, running around in this, like, I guess you're in the pyramids. In this, like, tomb or something. Yeah, yeah like, in a pyramid, yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of reminds me of, like, a lot of other NES games. Like, the old school Bomberman, just, like, running around, getting items avoiding enemies that sort of thing yeah and like for me i booted up i was like okay like i like some nes games but a lot of nes games are like not worth your time yeah yeah i was it was more fun than i thought really and when i but i thought it was weird that it puts you in this torture room if you collect too much treasure yep so it's like it kind of felt like it punishes you for doing well it's like well you're too good let's slow you down well I don't fully understand what the point of the game is. I mean, I didn't get, admittedly, I didn't get very far. Is it just the, are you just supposed to like get through the levels and you're supposed to like, you're supposed to balance like getting through the level with getting as much treasure as you can kind of thing? Yeah. So, and I think I kind I caught the vibe. I'm not a hundred percent sure of this. You beat 16 levels in the pyramid to defeat the demon Belzebut. What an interesting name to rescue some, princess royal family but i think the treasures are to up your score so you can hit the high score yep which is typical of the nes like yeah adding score where it doesn't really need and like so just so our listeners know the kind of game like gameplay wise it's kind of just like a platformer yep you jump around uh get some treasure basically from these treasure chests Mm -hmm. and move on to the next room while avoiding enemies interestingly uh, jack has like a kind of a really big jump arc and if you press the jump button while he's in the air, you kind of like stop his trajectory and he just kind of falls. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing that mechanics wise, I booted it up. And like you said, you kind of need an instruction manual. I was jumping, moving. And then if you get enough coins or treasure or something, you can power him up somehow. He basically changes colors, right? Yeah. But like then the guide said that changing colors is... I didn't get the impression that it actually did anything. Yeah. So my first play session of it wasn't super long. And I was like, this is about what I expected. This isn't very fun. Right. But I was like, there has to be something. So I like pulled up a manual, like a picture of the manual on my phone. Mm -hmm. And you can jump higher by holding the up button when you jump. That's random. And you can descend faster by holding the down button. Huh. Okay. And then, like you said, if you jump again in the air, it halts your vertical momentum and you fall back down. And then changing colors, the more colors you change, the easier it is to open chests. Like instead of having to jump off of them and then land and then jump away, Mm -hmm. um, you can just run into them and collect the treasure. Huh. Once I did that, like it, it was like movement tech and it made it a lot more interesting, like... Dodging, ah. like, I could weave through enemies instead of, like, trying to just jump over them to, huh. like, get treasure that I wanted. And it it actually opened 
the doors to this game and like it wasn't like the most fun I've had with the game, but like I got into a groove playing with this movement tech. You appreciated it more. Yeah, for sure. And like I got to like floor 11 or 12 for, or 13. Wow. Just like grooving through it until I got yeah. sent to the torture room and I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> All right. So the torture room, uh, my challenge this week, uh, Chris gave me was to survive the torture room for what was it like 30 seconds to a minute without getting touched not getting hit mm. and well. it's basically you're in this box with like three or four enemies that you have to avoid and there's a little number counter at the top so i was like oh that's the timer so you're kind of like i'm jumping around trying to avoid these characters and i'm like they didn't implement this timer right this isn't going down like seconds wise yeah so i was playing it for like two or three minutes and i'm like man this is like so bad it's just like really annoying i'm just like having to avoid yeah jumping around so i don't know if you i messaged you after you told me about that did you yes. read my message yes i did yeah so it's it, it it's the counter starts at 40 but it's not yeah. se- i thought it was seconds too yeah but it's how many times you've jumped in the room so yeah. you have to jump 40 times before it lets you out and then because you can halt your upward momentum by pressing the jump button again you're literally doing jumping jacks yep because your name is Jack and you're doing jumping jacks to get out of toy. Oh my gosh. I was so mad. I was just like, this game stinks. Well, and like in that room, gosh. like I will say I did use the rewind feature as I was playing it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Which is why my, in my challenge, I was like, don't use the rewind feature. I want you to sure. get through the whole room. Sure. Sure. But like, I was like, there's like two enemies that like moved in sync, like a left, like maybe three blocks apart. Uh-huh. I was like weaving in and out of those enemies as I jumped around and like jumping short and then jumped around and I got like this sick movement going and like my wife was like wow that was pretty good and I was like yeah it's kind of fun like and like Fair sometimes enough. I purposely would thread the needle just for like the challenge of it the thrill yeah yeah the thrill so yeah yeah I didn't know any of that so I could just do like the long arc and it just took forever yeah. and I somehow got the enemies like bundled together and so it's mm. literally just like leading them around and just going in a circle and it was very annoying Mm. well i'm sorry that you didn't get as much enjoyment i guess so i looked up oh and the upgrades basically made like i said the chests weren't quite as annoying to grab when you were upgraded sure no um speed running wise if you had to guess how long it takes to beat this game 10 minutes yeah that's what i would have guessed it's like six minutes 48 seconds which sure wow okay um uh, what did you think of like the art music as a whole? I don't even remember the music. Yeah, art's fine. Basic NES. Yeah, eight yeah. bit. Yeah, it was fine. It's not. It's not a Mega Man by any means. Should we rate them both at the end, or should we rate this one now? Let's rate this one now. All right. So now we're gonna rate what we thought of Mighty Bomb Jack. I want you to go first, Oliver, because one thumb down. Interesting. Interesting. Just because. I mean, I would honestly say it's somewhere in between neutral and one thumb down, but like, there's just so many other games that you could play that are more worth your time. I just wasn't impressed. So I agree with that sentiment. However, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. And that is only after learning about the movement tech. When I was grooving, I was like actually having a good time. I'm not saying you should play all the way through the game. I'm not saying that you should devote hours to it. Sure. But if you just boot it up for 10 minutes and like use the movement tech, it can be fun. Sounds fair. Yeah. yeah. So that equals that kind of evens out to being neutral, which I think is a good spot to be. But now 
it's time to get on to the meat of this presentation. Yes. What I've been looking forward to. Ikaruga. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I mean, it's Japanese. Okay. Ikaruga. So with Ikaruga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ikaruga um, is a shooter or a shmup. Uh, I'll call it a shmup just to keep it distinct from like FPSs. In the genre of shmup, it's a, like a bullet hell. Similar to a bullet hell. I'll get into a little bit into like more complexities on that. But yeah, you can think of it as like a shmup. Um, it was developed by Treasure, which is a pretty famous development company. Um, they also, this is maybe their second or third shmup. They also made Gradius V, Radiant Silver Gun. They're very well known for these games. Uh, it originally came out in arcades in December of 2001, and it was ported to several different systems. The Dreamcast, the GameCube, Xbox 360, the Nessica X Live? I have no idea what that is. And then Steam, and then PS4 and Switch. Nice. Yep. I, uh, what version did you play? So I played a couple. I happen to have the GameCube version, and so I played that. And then I also have the Switch version, because... I like this game. I like it a lot. It's one of my favorites of all time. So I can attest that Oliver does like this game. <laughs> but yeah, so I played it on both. And maybe I'll just talk really quick about some of the version differences. Um, interestingly, uh, there are distinct differences between some of the ports. For example, the Dreamcast game is considered the most faithful to the arcade original because it has slowdown, which is kind of interesting. Interesting. The, the Xbox 360 version is considered the least faithful uh, because of several inaccuracies with the gameplay. With the what? With inaccuracies. With so the like, what? The, oh, the gameplay? Like the, the, yeah, bullet patterns, enemy patterns, how the bosses work, that sort of thing. So don't play that 360 version if you can. <laughs> so what I played is the GameCube version. It's pretty high uh, fidelity to the original. And what's interesting about the GameCube version is that it has some practice modes that aren't vis- available in any other version. You can um, load up any stage. You can watch a demo of somebody who's very good at the game going through the stage. And you can even practice sections of each stage in slow motion and in full speed, wow. which is pretty cool. And then the Switch version is a port of the uh, Steam version. And it's pretty faithful as well. It mostly just has like you can select which stage to practice. Um, but for the most part, it's a pretty straightforward port. Oh, they translated some of the text. Like the GameCube version doesn't have any translated text. At least in America, so like even the difficulty selection. Oh no, it has that for sure. But like, oh, like but a, like the text in between. Yeah, there's little text cards at the beginning of each stage. It like describes some like philosophical thing. You know, I read that and I was like, I don't remember reading this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It don't, they don't have it in the GameCube version. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, cool. But yeah, I can explain really quick what this game is about. So it's a it's kind of a bullet hell style shmup in that there's just bullets everywhere. But this is, game is actually quite different from most other shmups, and for which reason a lot of people call it more of a puzzle game, because the point of the game is to get hit, and I'll elaborate on that. So your ship can be either black or white, and bullets can be either black or white. If you're the same color as a bullet, your ship absorbs that bullet. And if a ship, an enemy ship is the opposite color as your ship, um, it does double damage. So... The kind of the point of the game is a lot of times there's so many bullets on the screen that you can't dodge them all, but it's intended for you to absorb bullets of the same color and switching back and forth between them. Uh, One other mechanic to keep in mind is that as you absorb bullets, you 
build up energy. And then once you build up enough energy, or actually you can do it at any time, you can release uh, lasers, homing lasers. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like, as far as like initial impressions go, right? My initial impression is like more than a decade ago. So Right. My initial impression this week was, wow, this is exactly how I remembered playing it on the GameCube at Ollie's house with Ollie in two-player yeah. mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, going into this, I want to say I'm not a huge shmup guy. Sure. Like, we had like Gradius 3 growing up, which is like side-scrolling shmup. Also good. Uh, we didn't get very far because it was really hard. Yeah. Um, but I will say of all the shmups, Ikaruga has always interested me because one, Ollie likes it so much. And two, this idea of like opposite polarities and you like absorb the same polarity and then can like swap mm-hmm. is like super interesting and yeah. makes it not so much as like not so twitchy and like micro movements as like, oh, the majority of the bullets are white. So I'm going to be white right now. And I only need to focus on the little black dots on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's why a lot of people call it a puzzle game because it's very methodical. Um, there is an optimum way to play the game. A lot of times it comes down to memorization of the stages and like, okay, I need to be white and then I need to be black and then back and forth. As opposed to like, say, a bullet hell shmup, like a cave shmup. A cave shmup where it's like very much, it's a little bit more improv- improvisational, but you're just trying to avoid all the bullets you can. Yeah. So. No, oh, yeah. Um. So what do you think about... what? My thoughts on, like, the art, like, it has a very distinct style. It, like, I don't want to call it, like, steampunk. It's definitely, like, sci-fi, but it has, like, a grittiness to it. Yeah, for sure. You know? Like, a grittiness that would be in, like, a steampunk or, like, something like that. Yeah. And it's a really cool aesthetic to go along with, like, the shmup stuff that's happening. Yeah. And there's also just a lot of that kind of white and black. There's also a lot of, like buddha symbolism and imagery like some of the bosses are kind of in a yin yang kind of shape there's a lot of that duality present in the game not with not just with the mechanics but the aesthetic of it yeah i think it's also kind of interesting because it's like a dreamcast gamecube era game and so it's not going to be the highest graphical fidelity but like you say it has this grittiness that like keeps it artistically interesting and i've been talking about this like like graphics right a lot of people say wow these graphics stuck because they're not hyper realistic right yeah but for me if a game has a unique art style and sticks to it that is much more important to me personally and i think this game does that really well like everything feels like it fits in the world and while like i wouldn't say you like i wouldn't say you can see polygons but it's like not super high res but it's it, it totally is what it should be for what you need to do exactly you know you can tell what everything is you know what's going on yeah, I would say like if they were to port it to modern systems, which they already have, but if they wanted to make like an HD version of it, all they'd really need to do is just like maybe upgrade the models a little bit and then maybe slightly higher res textures and then it'd be perfect. And then smear all the pixels because that's what everybody loves to do. I hate that so much. <laughs> it's so annoying. So I had to play with the sound off. Mm-hmm. And it's been, like you said, over a decade since I like played it with sure. the music on. So what, like, music? Tell me about it. Well, I, like, immediately the opening music for the beginning stage start playing in my head because of how many times I restarted the game. This is a very hard game. <laughs> it's very, it is not easy. It's, um, let me try to think. So 
the music is pretty good. I don't know if I put it necessarily as good as like Radiant Silver Guns music, which is the other big treasure game, but it's still quite good music. Um, it has kind of a main orchestral theme that kind of shows up in multiple places throughout the game. Um, got some good variations. Some pretty good sound design. Like whenever you're shooting enemies, if it's you're shooting an enemy of the same color, it's a little bit of a muted hit. And then if it's an opposite color, it's a little bit more like satisfying, a little bit of a bigger hit. And so that is a good incentive to try to like have the opposite color. A quick thing I should point out on all the difficulty modes except for easy, if you shoot an enemy um, that's the same color as you, it will spray out bullets when it explodes in that same color. That was one thing I wanted to clarify with you because yeah. I read that like easy doesn't do that, right? Yeah. But that normal and hard both do that, but hard did something else. It's like always. Yeah. So let me clarify on easy. No enemies spray out bullets when they explode uh, on normal enemies that are the same color as you when they explode will spray out bullets. So if you're white and they're white, they explode, they spray out white bullets. And you can then absorb those bullets because you're white. You can just right? absorb those bullets. So if you're opposite, nothing happens. But you have to be careful if you're like, you shoot a bunch of enemies and you immediately switch and then you blow up because you just got shot. And then hard mode, all enemies spray out bullets. Gotcha. And like, I don't know what it was about the wording, but I was like a little iffy on that. Yeah. Probably a translation error or whatever. But yeah, so like the sound design, there's a lot of like good explosions and like, like I wouldn't say necessarily the sound design is like amazing. It's not like it blows you away, but it's quite good for what it needs to be. Yeah, it gets the job done and it it's not like super distracting or anything, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's a lot of like flying through environments, doors opening, closing, a lot of like pew, 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 pew from like bullets and stuff, but it's it's chill. I do like the sound whenever you like release all your lasers. It's like this kind of thing that's pretty oh cool. yeah i remember that sound i yeah. used that a lot because it was the only thing i knew how to do like 15 <laughs> years ago well <laughs> so i want to talk about the challenge that you gave me for this game yeah the challenge which i think is a really unique thing to this game yep was to beat a stage without firing a single bullet you're like wait don't you have to destroy the enemies no you don't which is like so crazy right because you can absorb the bullets that come at you and you just switch back and forth depending on what's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because this game, I mean, most shmups are like this where the enemies will just go past you once they go past you. But Ikaruga is kind of special in that there's no speed up or slowdown. And crucially, I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk about, yeah. Are you talking about the boss? Yeah. I don't want to steal your thunder. So go ahead. Yeah. So the boss has a timer, right? You can destroy him before, you can destroy the boss before the timer runs out. But if the timer runs out, the boss just leaves and you move on to the next stage. Yeah, it just goes away. He's just like, okay, I don't want to deal with this. And leave. So like, there's not really any speed runs for this game because you can't go literally any faster than the game lets you. Which in some ways might feel like it's limiting because it's kind of on rails. But it's not so much about speed. It's about like really high scores. Wait, so you can't destroy the boss? Oh, yeah, I guess you can destroy the boss sooner. But like again, but that's that would really, be the one thing in the speed run that that's the one thing, and that's like, eh, yeah, who cares? It's more about like optimizing your route so you can get a really high score. Yeah, and I will say I, so I played one session, just a bit, but I had to stop, and then I came back to it, and 
I loaded up the game and I was like, what are the controls again? And I pressed all the buttons to figure out what they do. And one of the buttons I pressed was the shoot button and it destroyed something. And then I played the entire level. I mean, I died once, but you have lives. I played through the entire level dying once, made it through the entire boss. And I was like, cool, I did it. And I was like, wait, I didn't get the achievement because I killed that one enemy at the beginning of my button test. Get right. So then I was like, I mean, I did it, right? But I went back, did it, got the achievement. And like, like I said, I'm not the best shmup player, right? But it, it's like you said, like a puzzle game. Like, okay, I need to make sure I fit in here with this color so that I can get through. Now, I wanted to ask you, I did that on the first level and most people, what I saw was the first level is the easiest to do that. Sure. Is it, it possible to do that on later levels? It's possible to play the whole game as, and do that, yeah. It's called the Dot Eater achievement and the game actually recognizes it. And whenever it gives you the final score for the stage, it's like, Dot Eater. Yeah, and I, I didn't get that the first time because I shot. Yeah. And then I got it the second time. It's like crazy, but you can. The second level, there's a part where there's just crates all across the screen. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get through here without shooting? So this is actually really interesting. I was specifically waiting for this moment to ask you. So hitboxes. It's interesting because with shmups, hitboxes on the ship, on your personal ship, are usually very small so that you can thread through uh, enemy shots. Ikaruga is crazy because it's kind of like this, um, kind of like a crab. I'm trying to describe how the ship looks, but like the arms of the crab are behind you. I don't know. I don't know the best way to describe the ship, but the hitbox is literally like a sliver. Yeah, I noticed that I was a lot of bullets of the other color I would thread through, and they definitely touch the image of my ship, but I didn't get hurt. Yeah, so it's very much like I would say 90% of your ship model is not a hitbox. And in the second level, literally what you do is you can thread between the crates. See, I was like... It's insane. How? And like, I thought you could play through the whole game, but that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. You can thread through the crates. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so just so you guys know, I didn't get a lot of time to play. I was like sick and taking care of things. I made it like halfway through the second level. Sure. But I think I have played through the third or fourth level with you in two-player mode. Sure, yeah. So, like, I've I've played the game. But I will say, booting up the first level, I was like, I've played this level so many times. So and many I didn't times. even own the game, right? So. so many times, yeah. It's definitely one of those games that, like, where the practice modes are really useful because you might get to the third or fourth stage. It's very hard, even on easy. And you might get that once or twice. So at least you can, like, practice those sections. I probably have reached the fifth stage once, maybe twice. Oh, have you not beaten it? I've not beaten it, no. Oh, I thought you'd beaten it, Ollie. No. So I probably only made it to the second or third stage then. Let me amend my previous stage. There's there's five stages. There's only five stages. Yeah, probably. I probably only got to the third stage. Yeah. Playing so the, the second stage, you kind of go into this underground bunker, and the boss is kind of cool because it's got these two uh, weak spots with doors that you kind of have to shoot open and then yeah. slip in there. like you have to change colors and stuff the third stage is kind of annoying because there's a lot more of like obstacles that you can run into and these giant lasers that you have to keep changing color with um and then the boss is really annoying because it's like this giant rotating platform with all of these different colored things so you have to like maneuver between the walls of the platform and while all these little turrets are shooting these little shots and then the fourth stage is really tiring because you're fighting a giant weapons platform that has all these turrets turrets and there's just stuff all over the place and the actual boss is just like 
very difficult. And then the fifth stage is just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. But it's a great game. It's very, very fun. No, yeah. I, I like, it is the most fun I've ever had playing a shmup. In my opinion. I'm actually... Yeah. Been, I, I'm, all right, the cat's knocking stuff off my desk. <laughs> Get out of here, cat. Yeah, I mean, I really like shmups. It's one of my favorite genres. I think Ikaruga just kind of scratches a little bit of a different itch, but it is a really fun game. And I can see why people might enjoy it more than other shmups because it's not just like a literally like a cascade of bullets that you're having to weave between. Yeah. Like, And if you've played stuff like, I don't know, Undertale or Enter the Gungeon, you kind of experience a little bit of that. Imagine that times 20. That's like... <laughs> what a lot of these like really famous cave shooters and stuff are like. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that Ikaruga is a little bit more approachable because of the whole absorption mechanic. Yeah. And like, you know, those things, like those optical illusions where it's like, what do you see? Two vases or two faces or like things like that. I, you know how you have to like readjust your eyes to get oh, it yeah. there. Like every time I switched, like I had to readjust. I'm like, okay, I'm only looking at the white dots. Now I'm only looking at the black dots. I'm only, and it was like, a really weird, satisfying experience. And it's and it basically the game just builds on that. By the time you get to the fifth level, a little bit of spoilers, like one of the bosses is literally switching between polarities and shooting homing shots at you. Like once every second. Oh wow. So basically the whole boss fight, you have to change color like change polarity with the boss so that you just don't just literally die. But then there's also turrets shooting at you. So the whole time you're having to do that like mental Switch. paradigm shift yeah. every second. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I've only ever seen videos of the like the last boss and it is bonkers. Wow. Highly recommend you go look that up. Yeah, no, after this I'm totally going to. Did you find a good back of the box quote? Oh man. On the back of his real GameCube cartridge or box. Well, to be to be fair, uh, I got this game for my uh, for Christmas for my brother, but it was just a disc. Um, oh, so did you print off the? We printed out the the, the cover, but the GameCube uh, cover is notorious for being absolutely amazing. Uh, I'll start with the back of the box quote, and then I'll go to the front of the box quote because <laughs> what? So the back of the box quote: Amid the turmoil and tumult of battle, there may be seeming disorder, and yet no real disorder at all. Sun Tzu, the art of war. They just decided to quote the Art of they War. They did an actual <laughs> Art of War quote on this. Like, come on. <laughs> All right. But even better, from IGN.com, the be- front of the box quote, our frothing demand for this game increases. <laughs> That's literally what it says. Oh, everyone's my gosh. Like, it does say that. That's it's notorious because so everyone's like, what kind of a quote <laughs> is this, IGN? <laughs> frothing demand. That's, that is so funny. Like, what heck? But yeah, great game. The GameCube version had a website that you could upload your competitive scores, which is kind of oh, cool. That is cool. Um, you can also, I think with most modern versions, you can play it in Tate mode, which uh, means a lot of the shmups are actually supposed to be vertically oriented with the monitor. So if you want to like lie on your uh, couch sideways, or if you want to like plug it into oh, your Oh, so monitor, it doesn't have the bars on the side. You get yeah. like more screen. Yep. Or if you have a monitor that you can put vertically, you can play it that way, and it's pretty fun. Interesting. Yep. So we don't have any listener letters again because we don't. But please, let us know your feedback. Yeah, let us know what you think about Ikaruga. 
We yeah, we want to know and and Mighty Bomb Jack, okay? And Mighty Bomb Jack. Um, just yeah, let us know. So, go ahead. Is there anything else we want to talk about Ikaruga? I feel like I was I gonna say, do you have any other thoughts on Ikaruga, Ollie? Hmm. I was gonna give the rest of my thoughts when I gave it my rating at the end. Okay. I mean, it's just one of those games that you can like play. It has a really high skill ceiling, and. Yeah. It's pretty hard to like be able to finish the game, but like even once you finish the game, you can work on your high score. Um, I've been playing it off and on for probably fifteen years at this point or more. Yeah, and it's I still get a lot out of it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like without like actually doing a stream of it and showing people like, oh yeah, this is this cool part. There's not much I can really say. So no, yeah, it's definitely a very like visual game, but. Like, we'll say, let's just go into the reviews right now. I'm going to give it my rating. Let's do the ratings. You know, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. I go first? Okay. Well, I mean, mine's pretty obvious. I give it two thumbs up. Two thumbs up all around? Yeah. I am going to give Ikaruga two thumbs up. hey Our first four thumbs up. Four thumbs up. 100%. And like I said... I'm not really much of a shmup guy, Mm -hmm. but I understand like the significance of the game. And when I play Ikaruga specifically, like I don't get the feeling that I'm like not necessarily overwhelmed, but like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like the puzzle vibe, right? It's like, I know what's going on. Right? Like, I'm looking at my ship. I can see the bullets on the screen, and I only have to worry about the certain color. It's not a, it's not super overwhelming. Like, apparently, it does get pretty crazy later on. Sure. But the mechanics are simple enough, yet complex, to scratch an itch, like you said. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And I, I love these games that just show so much skill with the development. Like, there's so much, like, artistry. And just so much technical ability, like, te- like Treasure is a really good development studio, and I hope we can do more Treasure games on this podcast because yeah. they really are very good at what they do, and it's just so tight. Like the mechanics are super tight, the gameplay is super tight, the art style and the music go on- along really well with it. But it's just such a tightly designed game that it's just even though it's only five levels like there's just so much gameplay you can get out of it there's so much satisfaction you can get it's just one of the greats in my opinion yeah and it it like it just has a flow you know even when you're playing like a part that you've never played before you're like i understand the mechanics and i can get there and like maybe you die right yeah but like you learn and you like improve exactly Yeah. yeah and it's only like 10 bucks on Steam, people. Is it really? Yeah. It's awesome. great. I, yeah. I bought it. I played it. Yeah. Yeah. I plan on revisiting it from time to time for sure. Mm-hmm. My one thing that I would wish that the game had, um, and that's because uh, the predecessor, uh, Treasure Shmup, Radiant Silver Gun, had a, a mode that allowed you to like play through the entirety of the game. Um, and the more you played, the more you quote unquote leveled up. So it made it a little bit easier. You got more lives or whatever. I would like a, a way to play the game where I can actually get to the end. I mean, it's 
I mean, that's kind of antithetical to an arcade game like this, but it'd just be fun to be able to play the final boss without having to spend a month getting good. Yeah, and like, and being 100% good during like however long hour, two hour play session to get to that point. Yeah, right. I would say like maybe a, a play session through the whole game is probably like 30 minutes, 45 minutes tops. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's an hour, but still it can be pretty long. Yeah. So as we close the book on the great game, Mighty Bomb Jack, and I guess Ikaruga. <laughs> you said on purpose. I did. Uh, we are going to roll for the next game. Drum roll. So we rolled Donkey Kong and made the executive decision that since it's like an NES arcade game, we're going to roll another game and do another two-part episode. Lucky you guys. Here we go. And our second game is... Drumroll. Kirby's Dream Course. Oh, okay, great. Dream Course. I'm down to do Dream Course. Dream Course is fun. Yeah, Donkey Kong Jr. and Dream Course. Turn on your switches, get out your old dusty cartridges, play some Donkey Kong and Kirby's Dream Course. And it'll be I'm exciting. already listening to the music in my head and it's great. <laughs> it is like surprisingly It's, it's, a, it's a bop. It's a jam. Yeah. 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 So uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for coming. Thanks for listening. And please send in your feedback, send in your comments. We'd love to hear what you guys think of the show. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>